Amen. You may be seated. Good morning. Welcome to Rushville. We've got a lot of visitors this morning. Praise God. Praise God. Before, before we jump in this morning, I want to recognize a family uh, that uh, was coming to our church, uh, Justin LeBaire and his family. Uh, Justin is, is one of our ministers here in the church, or he was one of our ministers. There's a, there's a picture of those. You might know Justin if you don't, but he, is, he has been called to be the lead pastor at High Pine Westland Church just down the road. And we want to give God applause for that, a great hand for that. We, we usually call them down to the front and pray with them and uh, lay hands on them and, and uh, try to make sure that they know that we support them. So uh, they're not here today. They had to take a vacation. Believe that? You know, so, uh, uh, but do, I do, we show you the picture because we want you to pray for this family. They are going on uh, a journey and that journey can be tough i'm sure and uh but if we'll lift them up in prayer and support them with our prayers uh we'll god will use our prayers to get them through amen we're excited about what god is going to do through the ministry of the labert family and so you lift them up in prayer if you see them uh i'm sure some of you know him if you see him congratulate them congratulate the family but most importantly uh remember them in prayer okay we will miss them, though, greatly. We will miss them. This is our 4th of July service. In case you hadn't seen, the, didn't the kids do a wonderful job? They did an awesome job. And I want to thank the men and women uh, who have served in our military, our veterans, those who are actively serving. Uh, thank you. Thank you. Will you stand one more time? Will you stand one more time, those that have served? Thank you for your sacrifice that many and many men and women have laid their lives down to give us the freedom that we have here in America today. And we thank them for that. We thank them for the sacrifice. We thank them uh, for their service. And, but, you know, that freedom did not come cheap. That freedom that we have to gather in, in this church this morning without the threat of People waiting on the outdoor, out, outside, waiting to blast us away because we gather in Jesus' name is due to them who laid their lives down, due to the veterans before us, the men and women before us who gave their lives, sacrificed their family. A lot of them didn't even come back home and left their families behind. So we should be grateful. We should be very grateful for those men and women. But the price that was paid was not cheap. They laid their lives down for us to give us our independence of our freedom, which we'll be celebrating this Wednesday, the independence of our freedom. And just like, just like the, the men and women laid their lives down to give us our physical freedom, there is a person by the name of Jesus Christ that laid his life down to give us our spiritual freedom this morning. And we want to talk about that. We want to talk about that today. I forgot a piece of paper. You know what? I've lost it all together. 
<laughs> it looks like I don't know what I'm doing because I don't. I lost a piece of paper, but anyhow, it was a, it, it was a story of, uh, of Thomas Jefferson and, and some, some of the stuff that he wrote about back in 1775, and he wrote, uh, it was the causes to defend ourselves, basically, and he wrote a whole little piece about why we should defend ourselves and why we can't go back into slavery, that we've been delivered from that and we have to fight so that we don't fall back into slavery, and, and that's exactly what we're going to talk about today. God has given us in his word, he has given us in his word every weapon every tool that we need to be successful in living this life as a Christian to not fall back into the bondage of slavery he's give us the the armor of God as you know that we've talked about over the last several weeks that we might we might walk above the sin in our lives and be and not fall back into the slavery of sin the bondage of sin. So let's dive right in and look at our scripture this morning. Read it with me. Ready? Go. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. Therefore, take unto you the whole armor of God, what you may be able to withstand in the evil day. And having done all to stand, stand therefore. Having girded your waist with truth, having put on the breastplate of righteousness, and having shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Above all, taking the shield of faith with which you will be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one. And take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. Praying always with all prayer and supplication in the spirit, being watchful to this end with all perseverance and supplication for all saints. And as usual, let's give God a hand for his word <clears throat> this morning. So a quick recap, we've talked about why we have to fight, why there is a need to fight. We fight against, that we don't fight against flesh and blood, but we fight against principalities, powers of the air, rulers and authorities of darkness that are trying to kill, steal, and destroy. Satan is on the earth, roaming to and fro, seeking whom he may devour, and that's you and I, that's the Christian, that's, that's the born-again believers. He wants to destroy your life. He wants to destroy your future and your family's future. So we have a reason to fight. We talked about the belt of truth and why we need the belt of truth and how the belt of truth is the truth of God's word and why we need to wear it and why we need to hang everything on the truth and the importance of it. We talked about the breastplate of righteousness and the importance of always guarding our heart and being right with God all the time and we have to be right with others if we're going to be right with God we have to be right with others as well and then last week we talked about the shoes of the preparation of the gospel of peace peace we talked about how that's a lot to spit out compared to the rest of them but we talked about how I have a lot of shoes and I'm sure some of y'all have already checked out 
my shoes this morning. I wore a different pair of shoes this morning intentionally just so you could see that I have different shoes. But I love shoes and we talked about that but importantly, most, most importantly we talked about why our shoes are important with the gospel armor, how we're to dig down deep and, and take a stand firmly in God's word and in God's truth. And now we want to take a look at the fourth piece of armor which I believe is the most important part of the armor and that's the shield of faith. Did I get that pick? There it is, the shield of faith. Shields were very important to the Roman soldiers. There were many shields that they used. There were several different kinds of shields. Some were small, some were bigger than others. But this particular shield that Paul is referring to here is from the Greek word called thoros, and it literally means door. So it was almost the size of a door. These shields were about four and a half uh, feet long and about two and a half feet wide and they curved around as you can see they curved around to protect the Roman soldiers sides even and it, they were designed for the whole body to get behind imagine that get that picture now the whole body was to get behind the shield just like a, ch a child of God is supposed to get behind our faith it's what protects us it's what the first thing that needs to go before us is our faith but I, as I was studying this, I thought, I, I seen something very interesting about what the Romans did back in those days. And many, a many times in battle, the Romans would march side by side. And they would butt their shields up together. They would butt their shields up together, and they would march forward side by side. And they say that it, sometimes it could be a mile wide how wide these were now get that picture get that picture of all these shields butted up together marching forward and then they said when they were under attack the right side would fall back and the left side would fall back and they would they would form like a square and, and, and almost like a fort and the people in the middle the soldiers in the middle would take their shields up to the top and they were making like an impenetrable fort if you will that the enemy could not penetrate with their arrows or with their darts. I got a picture of that. Check that out. That's sick looking right there, ain't it? But when I, was, when I was looking at that and studying that, I thought to myself, man, what a picture of the church. What a picture of what the church really should look like. We don't wrestle against flesh and blood, but we wrestle against the powers of the air. And listen, the Bible says one will put a thousand to flight, but two will put ten thousand to flight. If we'll put our shields side by side and we'll buckle together, man, wouldn't that be awesome? Wouldn't that be awesome to have a body that you can come and say, hey, I'm really going through this stuff. Will you pray with me? And that person actually puts on their armor and goes to battle for you. And we, we side by side, we buckle together. Wouldn't that be awesome to see the church come together and really be the church of Jesus Christ? That's how God designed it. That's how he designed the church to be. He designed us to be an impenetrable force. One that 
that Satan couldn't get through, one that the arrows couldn't get through, you see. If we would do that and we would buckle, we would lock arms together. Instead of having our petty little differences, instead of having it, uh, our, our selfish ambitions all the time, getting in the way of how I want it, and you're not singing the right song, and you're not doing it the way I want to do it. Man, if you'd put all that stuff aside and lock arms, we would be a force to be reckoned with in this community. Amen? Don't you agree? And that's how God designed his church. He designed it that way for us to march together, lock arms, stop fighting with one another. We don't wrestle against each other. There are powers out there. There's darkness out there that wants to tear this church apart. There's darkness out there that wants to tear every church apart. But if we'll lock arms... We can get the job done. And the Bible tells us in verse 16 here of Ephesians that there is a shield that the Christian is supposed to take up. There is a shield, that, a shield of faith that we're supposed to take up so that we can, just like the Roman soldiers, we can deflect the, the fiery arrows of the enemy. So I want to talk to you about a couple of things real quick before we... Go chow down on some barbecue. Y'all excited about the barbecue? Amen. I want to talk to you about a couple of things, though, before we get there. I want to talk to you about, first I want to talk to you about this word, faith. Faith. How many of you have faith this morning? I hope y'all do. So we want to dig down deep and talk about this word, faith. The definition in the Bible in Hebrews uh, 11, 1 says, now faith it's the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. We put a lot of faith in a lot of different things. You ever notice? Like, you put a lot of faith in that seat you sat in this morning. Bet you ain't sitting in the floor now. <laughs> you know? I put a lot of faith in the fact that I'm going to lose some weight sometime. <laughs> One of these days. I got faith that I'm going to get in shape and lose some weight. I got faith in that. And as long as I keep believing, I really believe it'll happen one day. It'll happen one day. We put faith in cars. We put faith in airplanes and boats. I just got back from a cruise. And, man, you're out in the middle of that ocean, and you can't see land on either side. You put a lot of faith in that boat. Electricity. All those kind of things we, we, we put faith in. We drive over bridges every day and we put faith that that bridge is going to hold up and not collapse. And as we seen not too long ago in Florida, they collapse. They fall. But we put faith in our everyday life. We put a lot of faith in those things. But our faith in Jesus is far above the everyday faith that we practice when we climb into our car and head down the road, or when we drive over a bridge, our faith, listen, our faith is only as good as the object of faith. So in other words, your faith is only as good as the, the object that you're putting your faith in. So if you put your faith in a car, guess what? A car is going to fail you. Amen. Can get an amen up in here. I know some of y'all have some car problems. I used to have car problems all the time. And now, you know, 
people call me radical, but I make a trip around my yard every single night that I'm at home. I promise you, every day that I'm at home, if I'm not home, I pray over them. But every day that I'm home, every night that I lay my head on the pillow at my house, I walk a perimeter around my lot and I pray over my cars, my house. I plead the blood of Jesus over my house, my cars, my family. Everything that God has blessed me with, I plead the blood of Jesus over it because I believe, I truly believe that that stuff matters to God. It, it's not that the stuff matters to God, it's the faith that I'm putting in God and praying over these goofy little things matters to God. And so he honors that faith. And I don't have, I mean, if God, I have car problems, but I praise God every single time that it's something that I can fix. I could have a blown engine, you know what I'm saying? But if I got a, a, a O2 sensor that goes out, bless the name of God, all that cost me was a hundred and some dollars and I put it on myself, amen? It, it didn't cost me much and so I praise the Lord because I believe that God is watching over my stuff and when you begin to tithe and you begin to faith and say, God, you tithe in faith and you say, God, this is, I'm giving this to you, this is rightfully yours, but you also are saying, God, I give you control over everything that I own. Everything that I have is yours, and he'll take care of your stuff. You believe that. You believe that. you got to have faith. But it's only as good as the object. I remember I had a car. Man, I had a, an RX-7. When I got married, I had a brand new uh, Ford Ranger. I had a Corvette. I had an RX-7. And I got married. I don't know what happened. I, I, I lost. <laughs> I lost everything that I had. I mean, it was like. I gained a lot. Don't get me wrong. I gained a lot. But I lost all my material possessions. You ever, you ever, did, you ne you ever notice that? And so I lost my Corvette. I sold it to buy a house. I lost my car you know my truck we we uh traded it in on a nice car for my wife to drive you know which don't get me wrong i want my wife to be in a nice car she's carried my kids around i want her to be in the more dependable car but i was stuck with the rx7 and by this time the rx7 the exhaust was stopped up on it 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 was it had no brakes I literally, for six months, no joke, at six months, I drove the car with no brakes. It was a stick shift, so I could, if I timed it just right, I could do it. You know what I'm saying? And if emergency came, I used the emergency brake. And many a times, the smoke rolled, you know what I'm saying? I'd look up, and there'd be brake lights, and, uh, you know, I'd pull the emergency brake, and the smoke would just be rolling. But the one thing is the, the exhaust stop up, and I, I unhook the exhaust from, from the uh, manifold. So now it sounds like a modified race car. You know what I'm saying? And so I had to be at work at like 5, 36 o'clock in the morning. We live in a pretty quiet neighborhood. So you know they loved me when I got up at 5.30 to head to work, and I cranked that race car over there and headed up the road. But it got to the point where my serpentine belt was being eat up all the time and about every other month I put a new serpentine belt on and I'd head to work and about every other month that thing would something would happen and it it fly off or it eat it up and then I'd break down I'd break down 
and I'd pull over at this little spot and so help me, so help me, like five or six times this happened and every time I broke down, I broke down at the same spot. <laughs> Seriously, I'd call my father-in-law and say, hey man, uh, uh, it got to the point where I come and say, hey, I'm broke down again, same spot, I'll be there in a minute. <laughs> but my point is, is cars will break down. The things we put our faith in every single day will fail us. But when we put our faith in Jesus Christ, we're putting our faith in an object that cannot fail. We're putting our faith in an object that cannot fail, will not fail. And so the Christian has power in their life because the object we're putting our faith in is all-powerful. And the Christian has faith in their lives because the object we're putting our, our, our faith in will never fail us. Will never fail us. That's why I believe that it's important. I believe that this shield of faith is the most important piece of the armor because none of the, none of the other armor really matters. Think about it. If, if you don't know by now, this armor that we're talking about is a spiritual armor. It's not a real armor. It's not a ar piece of armor that you put on. You don't have it hanging in your closet, but it's a spiritual armor and you pray it on by faith so without faith the other armor really don't matter because you wear the spiritual armor by faith so there's really no reason to put the other armor on if you don't have faith and if faith doesn't go before you just like a Roman soldier that would not go to battle without his shield we really can't go to battle without our faith in God the Bible tells us in Ephesians that for it's by grace that you are saved through faith. By faith, in Hebrews it says, by faith we understand. By faith we understand that the entire universe was formed at God's command. In Romans it tells us the just shall live by faith. And Paul tells Timothy in 1 Timothy, fight the good fight of faith. That's what we're talking about. This is about you this morning. This is about you uh, putting on your armor and fighting the good fight of faith so that we can defeat the snares, so that we can stand against the tricks, the schemes, the wiles of Satan. We're to live by faith. 2 Corinthians says, for we live by faith, not by sight. Now see, some of this don't, don't make sense, does it? Because we always say this term all the time. We say, I'll believe it when I see it. But in God's kingdom, you can't see and you must believe. So everything that we're taught from our natural realm, everything that we're taught from the natural, we're, we're taught total opposite in God's word. That we're, we can't see what we believe in. And by what we don't see and how we live our life, it's evidence that it's real. <laughs> There's a reason why the, all the 12 disciples were put to death except for John. They were put to death because, man, they believed it. And Jesus said, blessed are those who have yet not seen and yet believed. So I thought to myself when I was... Uh, 
I thought I'd do an illustration for you guys. Is that okay if we do an illustration? I know this looks like a virtual reality thing, but it's really not. It's a, it's a, uh, it's a massager. You see, my wife uses this when she gets headaches, which is quite often she lives with me. But she uses this, and you can't see through it. And this thing like massages your temples and your eyes, and it's really cool. Actually, last night I thought I'd try it out, and I reversed it, and I had it on the back of my head, you know. And I thought, man, that feels good. And I was sitting there watching TV, my eyes were going cross. I thought, wow, that thing works. But I've, I've asked my lovely assistant Julia Calicut to assist me this morning. She's really nervous about this. I don't ask, actually, I volunteer. So I called her and I was like, hey, I'm going to need you to help me. So what we're going to do is we're going to show you, the Bible says to not to walk by faith. We walk by faith, not by sight. And what does it really mean to walk by faith? How do we walk by faith? How do we live by faith? So we're going to have her to put this on and make sure that she can't see. I don't move it because I've got the massager on when I'm asleep. Yeah. <laughs> All right. You can't see? No. My makeup's going to be messed up. Can you see me? All right. Easy. No, easy. I can't see you. Easy. All right. <laughs> All right. Oh, my gosh. Now, now listen. Julia, Julia has to listen to every word I say. She has to follow my command. That's okay? Good. So... Wave your arms like a bird. <laughs> Say, caw, caw. <laughs> caw, caw. <laughs> That was pretty good. Okay. Now the real test. Okay. All right, I want you to stop where you're at. Okay. I want you to walk straight. Oh, gosh. I'm not going to run into anything. I'm walk straight. Okay. Stop, stop, stop. Turn a little bit to the left. Walk straight. I tell her walk straight and she turns right. I'm not going to let you fall. All right, stop. Turn around, turn around to the left. All the way around. All right, stop. Now walk straight. Keep walking. Keep walking. Soldier, keep moving on. Move. <laughs> All right. Turn around to your right. Turn around. Keep turning around. Keep turning around. All right. All right. I'm, I'm good. That's good. Thank you. Give, give Julia a round of applause. I give you that demonstration because I want you to understand how faith works. The only thing that she had to go by was what I was telling her. She couldn't see me. She could only hear my voice. You getting it? She could only hear my voice. And the Bible tells us in Romans that faith comes from hearing and hearing from the Word of God. 
So the only thing that she could hear was my voice. She had to listen to my command. She had to follow my instructions. She had to make sure that she, when I said go right, she didn't go left. When I said go straight, she went straight. She had to walk when I said walk, stop when I said stop. You get it? Because faith comes from hearing the word of God. The Bible tells us, uh, uh, it tells us in, in Romans or, or in Psalms, the word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. We're told in Luke that a man does not live by bread alone, but out of the mouth, out of the word of every, you know what I'm saying, out of the mouth, <laughs> every word out of the mouth of God. I wrote it down and I still couldn't read it. But you understand what I'm saying. If you want to walk by faith, it's impossible to walk by faith and not know who your faith is in. It's impossible to walk by faith and not put your faith in this book. And man, if you, if, if you read this book, you'll see there's some crazy stuff that goes on in this book. And you can only believe it by faith. There was a man that was swallowed up by a big fish for three days and he lived in the belly of a fish and the fish spit him out and then there was three hebrew boys who was thrown in a fiery furnace and the furnace was so hot that the people that threw them in were killed but yet the three hebrew brothers was walking around inside of that fire and the king said i see another man and he looks like the son of man walking around with them and when when he called them out the bible says that there was not even a smell of smoke on them you got to believe that by faith you don't walk by sight. You walk by faith. And the only way that you can understand how to walk by faith is you got to get in this book. You got to read the Word of God. You got to know what He's telling you. You got to know. Listen, I told you last week it's an instruction book for your life. You want to know where to walk? Read the book. You want to know how to walk? Read the book. It tells you everything that you need to know and how to get there. But we got to invest in it. We got to put our faith in the very object of who He is. It's a living, breathing Word of God. We got to put our faith in it. Our faith is important. The shield of faith is important because it's impossible to please God without faith. That's the Word of God. It's impossible to please God, but it's also, it shields us, it protects us. From the fiery darts it protects us from the fiery arrows of the enemy the enemy is shooting fiery arrows into areas of your life that are easy to ignite anybody in here got areas of your life that are easy to ignite tempers he shoots he's shooting those arrows into your life that he knows are weaknesses of yours and he's targeting those arrows He's targeting them right to that weak spot in your life. And the only way to block them is with the shield of faith. These fire arrows usually show up as temptations such as uh, lust, materialism, sexual immorality, envy, anger, fear, distrust, doubt, and pride. And that's just a few to mention. The list goes on and on and on. You know what yours are. You know what your, the areas of your life are. But Satan, Satan is shooting them into those areas of your life looking to penetrate 
He's looking to penetrate your shield. He's looking to get them over your shield. He's looking how, how somehow we can get it to your mind or to your heart. Satan shot his first fiery dart in the Garden of Eden when he tempted Eve to doubt God and distrust the Word of God. Notice how Satan came by it, though. He came by and he said, did God really say that that fruit is bad? Did God really say that? Did God really say that was wrong? We read about that story in Genesis 3 and, and the fall of man and the fall of Adam and Eve in the garden. And the Bible says that Eve saw that the fruit was good. It was good. She saw that it was good. Sin in our lives looks like it's good sometimes. It looks like it's good. It feels good. It, it, it fits on the right way. You know what I'm saying? Everything seems to be great and it seems to be just perfect and it, 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 it just grabs you and pulls you in. And it's Bible says that sin is pleasurable for a season. That means it's fun. It's fun for a season. Sin is fun. And you, you feel like you're really not even doing anything wrong. And then, But I promise you, at the end of that fruit is death. At the end of that fruit is death. And the only way that you can know is the word, is the shield. We've got to take up the shield of faith. That's why we cannot stop fighting. That's why we cannot stop fighting. The minute you want to know how you fall, the minute you stop fighting, you shall surely fall. The minute you stop fighting, you're going to fall. I've seen it happen. I've seen it happen in my own family. I've seen it happen in different churches. I've seen it happen uh, a million times, not a million times, but I've seen it happen over and over and over again. The minute you stop fighting, you're going to fall. We have to fight. We have to believe. We have to take up the shield of faith to quench every dart before it penetrates and makes its way to our heart. And the word of God and the truth of God's word is what we must internalize, internalize, get it inside of you. Because you might not always be able to carry this book. That's why it's important to get it inside of you while you got it. There's other countries that you can't carry this book without being put to death. Don't think that it can't happen to America. Surely we're not that proud. Get it deep inside of you so that you can shield off the fiery darts of the enemy. When Jesus was tempted by Satan, Jesus always responded with, it is written. It is written. The word of God says this, Satan. The word of God says this, you devil. We own, the only thing that we can use to defend ourselves is the Word of God. Isn't it awesome how every piece of armor points you back to the Word of God? If we don't have this, this is the most important thing in your life right here as a Christian. It points, every piece of armor points it back. Psalms 1830 says, as for God, His way is perfect. The Lord's way is flawless. He shields all who take refuge in him. When we trust God, 
we can stand against every attack of the enemy. Our faith in Jesus is what makes the Christian life possible. We can't walk without our faith. We can't do this without our faith. I'm going to close with this, uh, with this last little illustration. And then I'm going to have the band sing. I'm going to have the worship team sing. But when the ancient Roman soldiers died on the battlefield, they would be carried off the battlefield on their shields. Just as they were carried off on their shields, our faith is what gets us to heaven. Our faith, our shield of faith is what we will be carried home to glory. If we lose faith, and it's so easy to lose faith, especially in our world, man, there's so much to grab us. There's so much to pull us in and wants to grip us. But we have to continue to fight and just like the Roman soldiers we have to die on the battlefield we got to go down fighting we don't we, we don't lay down and be killed we got to go down fighting we got to keep fighting keep believing don't stop don't stop believing you remember that song don't stop I'm sorry I got off a little bit you got we got to keep on fighting we got to keep on believing our faith will carry us home. Amen. You with me, church? You with me, church? Y'all stand with me. We're going to do this song. Not really an altar call. But you, you in here today understand where your faith is. I don't know where your faith is. Only you know where your faith is. Only you know how strong that faith is. But this song talks about, it says, give me faith. Give me faith, Lord, to trust what you say. Listen, God is not asking you to understand. He's asking you to trust. There's situations in your life that you're never going to understand, but he's asking you to trust him. Just like Julia, she had to trust me that I wasn't going to take her in harm's way. She had to trust me that I was doing what was best for her, and that's exactly how God works in our life. You have to trust him in this dark situation that you're in, that he knows what's best for you, and he's working all those things to the good for you. But you have to trust him. You can't understand some of these things. But if you'll trust him, and this song simply says, give me faith to trust what you say, that your good and your love is great. I'm broken inside. I give you my life. And then the bridge says, I, for I am weak. I may be weak, but your spirit is strong in me. And I'm just asking you to sing. We're going to sing that a couple times through. It's not really an altar call. Right where you stand, right where you stand, you declare that this morning. You know where your faith stands with God. They're going to sing it a couple of times through, and then I'll pray us out of here.
God, we're glad that your spirit is strong. Father, we're reminded of the story when you were in the garden and your disciples kept falling asleep. And you asked them to pray with you. Can't you just pray with me one hour? And you told them that the flesh was weak. The spirit was willing, but the flesh was weak. Father, help us to walk by faith. God, help us to put this armor on. God, our, our flesh is weak, but you give us this spiritual armor that if we'll put it on and fight God, you've said that you will fight for us, but we have to put it on. We have to walk in it, God. We walk by faith, not by sight. God, we walk by faith, believing that you are in control, believing that you know what's best for us, believing that you uh, will, will watch out for us and protect us, God. Father, I pray for that person in here today that doesn't have that faith. They're doing everything in their own power. Or maybe they don't even know you this morning. God, I pray that they'll come to know you. And I pray for that Christian that, is, that doesn't have that faith, that they're walking in, in, in defeat. Father, I pray that you would empower them with your word. Strengthen them with your word and with your faith. Because you never fail, God. You never fail. We thank you. Father, we ask now, God, that you would go with us over to the Senior Life Center. God, that you would bless this food. 
that we're about to receive. God, that you would bless our fellowship together, our time together. Father, we thank you and praise you for the abundance of life that we have. God, we thank you and praise you for the men and women who who paid the ultimate price to give us that freedom. But God, we praise you more for our spiritual freedom. For we are free. We are slaves that you have freed from sin. And now, God, we love you and we follow you and we thank you for that freedom. In Jesus' name, amen. You're dismissed. Don't forget our giving boxes on the way out. God bless you.